can uh, I can do a singing voice if you want. <laughs> you can auto tune. We can we can we can do the whole thing right here like this, or we can we can switch to robot whenever you want. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I like the boy band. <laughs> We're joined by NSYNC. <laughs> Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett. And I'm Matt Rice, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We've both worked in ministry for over 19 years and have seen just about everything. As damaged as we are, we are ready to bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every minister has. And we are joined with a special guest this week, Sean McAfee. Um, nailed it. And he is actually... So I see him on Facebook and follow him on a, a number of different socials. Uh, he is making splashes all over the place in the Catholic world. He just had a new book released. But he also gets all these medals from the government. Like, I feel like you're the Catholic James Bond. Like, who are you? <laughs> They're not coming from the Queen of England, okay? <laughs> Can we explain? What, what are you talking about? Medals? Uh, so I, I work for the U.S. Army abroad in Europe, and I've been doing that for about 11 years now. Before that, I was in the Air Force. And uh, I've, I've won a few... Uh, medals at the uh, SEC Army level, the Secretary of the Army level, and from the United States Army Corps of Engineers. And uh, I just take my work very seriously, no matter what I'm doing. I think that that's uh, what uh, St. Paul calls us to do, is to uh, run the race Amen. to the best of our ability. And uh, I just think it falls in line with my faith. Uh, so I don't, I, don't, uh, I don't skip an hour whether or not I'm evangelizing or doing my day job. Awesome. So does that information put any of us in danger? No. <laughs> no. good so so then let's shift back uh from uh your your, your uh, 007 job and back into um evangelization so you have written a number of books but your most recent one is i'm catholic now what um tell us a little bit about like where did that come about and uh how would you want ministry leaders to use it yeah. So uh, this book came about, it's really, I would say it's been about seven or eight years in the works. Um, I converted in 2012, about eight years ago after I really tried to prove the Catholic church wrong. I ended up proving <laughs> myself right. I would, uh, I would go home every night and study Catholic church history, uh, really Protestant church history books from like Yale University. And, uh, and they would all have the same information in it that the Catholic books did. And Really, I began to trust the church more and uh, and enter the church, even if I didn't know everything. Um, and over the course of the the next years after I entered the church, I, I realized just how much I didn't know that I wish I did. I went through a full and very robust RCIA program in Omaha, Nebraska. Not many people can say that, man. That's like for you that, to say full and robust about your uh, RCIA program. That's like what's going on to that church. Yeah, what, what video series did you guys sit through? <laughs> uh, Steve Ray and Bishop Barron. No, we didn't watch too many videos. Um, we had a lot of speakers come in. In fact, we had one that, uh, that contributed to a miracle that was approved to canonize a recent saint. Wow. Uh, we, we just had so many good uh, opportunities in that RCA program. But even though that RCA program was so good, the months following and the years following, the people I went to to that program with never saw them again, you know, or rarely mm -hmm. saw them in the pew. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be judgmental, but even I felt myself as though I could have learned more faster or sooner. And there was there was there was important and critical information to my faith and my life as a Catholic 
that wasn't delivered to me in the nice wrap package that I wanted it to be. And as I, as I became Catholic, I didn't make too many assumptions about my RCA program, but as my Catholic life went on for the next few years, a lot of people enter the church for different reasons. The recently canonized uh, Cardinal Newman, you know, he says that everybody converts at a different angle. And what he's saying is everybody converts for a different reason. Everybody converts, you know, kind of at a, at a different place in their, in their life and in their heart. And uh, along with that, everybody will learn different things that are important to them uh, in their Catholic faith. But over time, there are a number of things that every Catholic really needs to know. And I figured, you know, I've been through this conversation so many times with non-Catholics and new Catholics and old Catholics that somebody needs to put a book out there um, or some sort of resource out there to, to really help equip new Catholics, even older Catholics, you know, people who've been Catholic their whole life, who are just looking for that extra push on what am I missing and, and really what we want to do is we want to retain people. We want to retain their hearts and their minds. I did that backwards. Yeah, nobody would have known if you didn't say anything. Well, yeah, exactly. We want to retain, uh, we're, we got the video got here in my head, heart you know. pointing at my forehead. Okay. So we really want to retain them in the pew, but also we want to retain them, retain them intellectually. And so I, that's really where the idea for this book came. It was kind of like, it started like a Catholic bucket list. Here's a hundred things that everybody needs to do and know. And then it turned into kind of really a kind of, a, a RCIA graduation manual. Which you could literally just retitle Practices of a Disciple hmm. and put it back on the shelf with just changing that piece and sell another, you know, million copies or whatever. You know, like I just really believe that that it's a field guide for Catholicism. Hmm. Yeah, right? absolutely. And, and, and I think that the typical Catholic, especially cradle Catholics, so long as they uh, don't make their mom mad, and they tithe occasionally, and they get their ashes, then they're good to go, you know? So it's like Ash Wednesday, Easter, Christmas, and Mother's Day, yep. and you're set as a Catholic. And I believe that uh, essentially your book seeks to accompany where sometimes RCA programs do not. Yeah, and, and you know, I sympathize because I've run RCIA programs in the military archdiocese, and, and that makes it even more compact because there's no set season. There's no real regulation, so to speak, for RCIA. Um, we know what we want to cover, and that's the precepts, right? And we want to cover other items in the catechism, but a lot of programs, they don't have the time, they don't have the reses, they don't have the catechists. Um, God bless all the catechists listening out there. It is a tough job, and there are specific requirements in each, every, each and every diocese as to what that needs to be, and it can be very extensive, and even then, you're still not delivering everything you want. Um, so like you said, I really wanted to put together some sort of manual to tell everybody more than just the basics, I wanted to make, give them a deep dive into things like going to a priest's ordination. Or uh, here's one thing. Somebody just put out a post on Reddit. I don't know if you guys follow the Catholicism subreddit. But somebody just said, you know, I've been Catholic my whole life, went through 12 years of Catholic school, got confirmed, received my first Eucharist and, and the whole nine yards. And they said, I never knew until a couple weeks ago that I couldn't receive communion without being in a state of grace. That's jaw-dropping. Because that's wow. that, that's First Corinthians eleven right there. This is basic stuff that basic, yeah. That we kind of assume everybody knows, but it's really worth saying again. Yeah, and, and then the why behind that teaching says something profound about the the, the really the divinity of Christ. Yeah, you know. So there, there's there's not just the action, which is a big miss, 
but also the reason behind it. And I think that's where cradle Catholics would benefit greatly from um, picking up this book and, 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 and thumbing through it. So I saw on a post, and I forget which form it was. I think it might have been Forming Intentional Disciples, but they posted a picture of your book, and they said, this is amazing. I, I, I bought 13 copies for everyone in uh, in my uh, adult formation class, which is... Uh, which is not RCIA, and so it's it was like being repurposed, dun dun dun, for um for kind of what we were talking about for uh, baptized Catholics uh, or uh, cradle Catholics. Mm. Um, what would you hope this book would be in the arms of a ministry leader? Great question, because I don't feel like I'm equipped to tell any ministry ministry leader exactly what they're supposed to do. Um, well, that's why I said well, hope, hope, dream with me. Yeah, well, you know, honestly, I think. I've heard this so many times that you don't just want to hand a book to somebody and say, now go read it and be Catholic. Mm. But I did want to write a book that does kind of meet that middle ground where you can give somebody something. I say this in the beginning of the book. This is not a novel. This is not something you want to just read front to back. This has a hundred very diverse topics. I want to give people a book that really they can keep on their bookshelf and they can browse as a reference. They can go to it and get something within five to 10 minutes uh, that's going to really inform them, give them practical application, and then tell them, like you said, what's the importance of knowing this? And those are the things that I wanted to tackle in this book. What are you supposed to know? Why is it important? And here's how you do it. And I think that as a model of catechesis is actually effective as well. It hits things in, in, a, in a pretty fierce way, like what are you supposed to know? And then always the why behind the what. Mm. And I think a lot of times that's where catechesis stops. It's the how piece that I think um, a number of our programs could grow in. Mm. Uh, because I, I think about that as well uh, in youth ministry. We end the night normally with a challenge. Hey, teens, you know, go do this and go do that. And I realized that a lot of times we're like, go out and change the world or go and share your faith with someone this week. But we say it so ambiguously hmm. that we've got to start start being more specific and be like, you need to sit with someone at lunch on Wednesday who you don't normally sit with and just listen to them. And that's hmm. how I want you to change the world this week, to give them practical application. Yeah, there's a whole section in this book that 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 is evangelism 101. You know, yep. you don't uh, discipleship, like you said, forming intentional disciples. It, it is more than just telling somebody, you know, here's the X, Y, Z. Now go out and do it. That That's almost impossible. And that's a re recipe for disaster, right? That's a recipe for failure. There's about I think there's like there's a whole chapter in this book about evangelization towards the back. And that's why it's towards the back is now you know everything, now go share it. And I give everybody, I think, close to 11 really practical items on exactly how to evangelize. And, and we even cover evangelism is a weird word in itself, right? Yeah. That's kind of scary. Like I got to go talk to people about something I'm not even totally comfortable with. Like I can tell right. you exactly how to play Call of Duty, <laughs> but... But maybe I'm not exactly sure how to how to defend my faith, you know, especially when I met with met with resistance or something. Catholics don't even like that word evangelism. They they it it, it doesn't sound Catholic. Yeah. Like to them, they're like, oh well, we don't evangelize or we're not evangelists. So that's the you know evangelical church down the road. That's not us. Yeah, you know, I can tell you how to pray the rosary. I can tell you uh, all these other things, but I, I, that's not me. We don't do that. Even a lot of like, Catholics oh, yeah. don't know how to pray the rosary. I, uh, I lead, yeah, a, I lead a men's group. <laughs> it's so funny because I've been Catholic for eight years and I meet people who are 
really good Catholics. They go to church every weekend. They have a million kids. Not to say that every Catholic has to have a million <laughs> kids. Okay, just just to put that out there. But great Catholics. They're really in it, really with all their heart and, and, and all their mind. But they still don't know basic stuff like that. You know, they, they, they're mm-hmm. good at, at, the, at the, I guess, week to week stuff, but maybe not good at the everyday hourly stuff and how to be sure that you're not the only one in your family or your group of friends that stays Catholic. You might be so convicted, but you know, really you've got to share that with people. And there's an honest and a humble way to do that. You don't have to be St. Paul. You don't have to go and preach around the world. You don't even have to be a book writer. That's something I really should have said in this book. Is it really, and I think I did in one way or another, but you, you really, evangelization on this topic while we're here, I want to spend some time on it. This is not something that everybody has to do. You know, whenever I became a Catholic, I, I honestly thought that. I thought, you know, Scott Hahn and Steve Ray and all these great guys, you know, they're out there doing it. And if I want to be a good Catholic, I got to go do it. You know, exactly how they did. And that's not really true. There's a way to evangelize right from your chair, you know, at work and the sofa at home and like this, you know, just getting together and being a part of podcasts and and, and listening to that kind of thing and sharing that with your friends. Everybody has somebody to evangelize. You don't have to go write a million books to do it. And you mentioned that there's great Catholics out there um, that haven't ever evangelized. And And I think about that, that there's faithful Catholics that are kind of like uh, the intro to friends, like they're stuck in second gear, mm. right? Like there's this new speed, this new level, and this new place that God wants to take them. Mm. And they can keep cruise controlling, uh, and I believe that they can cruise control right into heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. but the back seat might be empty, right? Yeah, maybe. And if they get into a new gear, they fill up, and all of a sudden they're driving a bus. And we want to get people to heaven by the truckloads, you know? And so there's something profound about mission that enlivens Catholics when we start doing those things that Christ has called us to. Yeah, and everybody does have a mission. Sometimes that depends on your vocation. You know, if you're, if you're evangelizing your children, you're doing that 100% of the time. If you're taking them on retreats, taking them on pilgrimages, reading the Bible with them, catechizing them, really, you're, you're setting up them to go and tell hundreds of people when they're older. You know, and that mm-hmm. to, you, you might not see the fruits immediately. You know, those are seeds you're really cultivating. Uh, over the course of several years, maybe even a couple decades, um, that end up producing an entire farm later down the road. Amen. Amen. You were talking about um, it, it looks different for everyone, and if everyone did the same thing, if everyone you know spent most of their time writing books, or everyone did most of their time you know going out and doing speaking engagements, I'd be so ticked off because I couldn't sell any. I can't sell any. <laughs> no, go ahead, sorry. But no, like you, like the uh, the guy, the plumber wouldn't be evangelized mm. because me as a plumber wouldn't be doing that. I would right. be doing something else. I'd be focused outside, not around the people that I'm around. Yeah, you know, and and I th- I think what we were talking about is that everyone has a sphere of influence that that someone else is not going to be able to reach into. Right. Like the the priest is not going to be able to stop by the you know the plumber shop or whatever that 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 workshop and and talk with them. And I don't know why I'm, I'm on plumbers right now, but whatever, you know, <laughs> you know the plumber shop is right there next to Walmart and the H E B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got you know, it. Like, uh, but you know, the, like his coworker will be. Yeah. You know, and, and we need to, we need everybody, you know, all of the lay people up doing that, like talking with to people and yeah, evangelizing in, in their sphere. Yeah, absolutely. I, w- I was going to say, uh, you know, even Taylor Scholl, you know, is, is in the circle of influence, but I've been, I've been trying to reach to him through years. It's going to take somebody else. <laughs> I've tried, buddy. It's going to take somebody else. 
Okay, so you take a step it's, back. It's your turn, Chris. You were supposed I'm to say the same thing. I'm not going to dog on Taylor. He's the one that can edit this thing. You invite th- the hand that feeds you, gentlemen. And you don't mention his name. He is like a good news. Any good any news is good news kind of guy. So if you just mention his name once, he'll be happy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I am grateful to Taylor Schroll. So, um, but here's the, here's the neat thing, and I think your book does this well is there is something all Catholics should be doing, right? The, the, the mission and the evangelization looks different for each Catholic, but our prayer life, our spiritual practices, those staples can look very similar from Catholic to Catholic, you know, the precepts of the church. And I think that's something that, uh, that your, your, your handbook, I want to call it your handbook for, for Catholics, you know, um, does very well, is it equips people. If you do these practices, then you'll be set up to be sent into mission. Mm. And the fierce unique way, that mission, that purpose that God created you specifically for, the action, the application of faith looks different, but the practice of faith in a very beautiful way looks very similar from Catholic to Catholic. Yeah. And, and you know, you, you bring, you kind of touch upon a really important point. The first thing you said was our, and that's really the point of this book. This, you know, only, only maybe a 10th of this book is, is devoted to going out and doing something with other people. That's not to say that that's the ratio that every Catholic needs, you know, personalization to evangelization. Um, but St. Ignatius of Loyola said something really cool. He said, anybody who, spend, who spends his time wanting to go out and reforming the world without reforming himself first is going to accomplish nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to focus on ourselves first. We have to invest in ourselves before we go out. You know, it has, it has little to do with hypocrisy. It has a lot more to do with experience and guiding others and discipling others and, and taking that to the next level with yourself before you tell others how to do it. You're really not going to sustain anything until you've really brought the faith into your own heart over the course of really, honestly, a lifetime it can take for some people. But still, even then, you need to invest in yourself. And that's really what this book is. Well, and I think uh, what you just mentioned over the course of a lifetime, the long view is also important for us to set expectations with those new Catholics, right? Because I think sometimes our experience, and indeed, even when I've been up there with a microphone in my hand as a leader, I'm like, well, uh, we're perfect and we know everything and you guys are miserable monsters that need Jesus. And so be perfect or stay a monster, but it's up to you. And it's like, no, like I'm a monster too. I also need Jesus. And to be able to create that reality of like, yeah, this whole faith thing, it's going to take a lifetime. But here's the cool thing. He sent the Holy Spirit to be among us so that we have some company as we're falling and getting back up over and over again, trying to figure out the practice of Catholicism. You said it perfectly. Amen. As a new Catholic, after going through RCIA, is there a way that you were were treated or looked on as like with regards to the existing um, Catholics and then you being a new Catholic, I, I, like every every Easter we we read this story of the prodigal son, you know, who comes back, and the the older brother was upset that the prodigal son who came back is getting all of this attention, and he he you know, and so I, I wonder how many you know Catholics in the pews feel the same way and look down on new Catholics. Do you did you experience any of that or yeah? People were so upset when I converted; it was just sick. <laughs> No, but like, I, I'm no. serious. No, no, no. Did anyone even notice would be my question. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my wife did. Um, yeah, because yeah, she wasn't Catholic before. It wasn't one of those. Um, no, yeah, I, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I would say there was probably a, a mixed reaction, but the vast majority of people 
as with most excited converts, were just thrilled. They said, you know what? I don't know what it is about converts. And I've heard it a million times. We all have. You know what? They don't know what it is about converts, but there's just something special. And that's because we're, we're buying into something that, you know, just is, is exciting. And, and, and we've turned our whole lives around, really, in some cases. I mean, we've fallen off the horse and gotten back up and gone forward with a faith that's uh, very mysterious to the rest of the world. And, and there's something really cool about that that fascinates people, um, conversion stories to, to cradle Catholics and, and to other converts. You know, everybody loves a good human story, a good story of change. Yeah. Um, and so I have, uh, I had been from the very beginning, everybody uh, has always wanted to know what is it about the Catholic faith that, that drew you in. Um, on the other hand, there, there were some, uh, I wouldn't say that people were angry, but there, there, you know, the Catholic faith as inviting as most of the people I've met are, um, it is sort of kind of, a, a closed network in, in some places. Mm-hmm. Um, and in some milieus there, there is a culture of kind of closed offness, um, and I wish it wasn't that way. Uh, and I don't think people mean for it to be that way. I just, I think that in the 21st century, perhaps uh, people aren't as, um, you know, I guess they they don't mean to, to shy other people away or, or, or even shun, but I think that they're not as aware of other people's needs, you know, their evangelical needs to be ministered to and to be cared for and to be accepted and be brought into this family. And that's part of evangelization, really. We keep talking about evangelization. But I think that that's one thing I experienced certainly was everybody around me knew what was going on, but nobody really realized that I didn't. Um, right. Mm-hmm. I did meet a few really good people. You know, one of the funny stories I tell in the book was I was going to mass several times, even after I decided to convert. And uh, I really could just not follow along with the mass. It was frustrating me and it was so different from anything I'd ever experienced in my life because I didn't come from a liturgical background. Mm. And, uh, and, I, and I contacted my friend whose name is also Sean. I was like, Sean, why, you know, what am I supposed to be doing during mass? I, do I need to sit up front? Do I need to ask questions? And he was like, oh, there's this book in the pew. It's called The Missal. You should pick it up. Mm. And I was like, weapons of mass destruction. Like, why, why is this in our <laughs> church? Why, why is it called The Missal? It's like wrong spelling Sean homonym and you didn't learn that in the third grade, but open up this book and he, and he walked me right through it. Exactly. You know, go to page eight. Um, and, and now you can skip to the creed and sometimes we pray this creed and sometimes we pray, pray this creed. Why are there four Eucharistic prayers? Um, and where did they come from? He walked me through all of that. Uh, That's awesome. it, it, it was, you know, there were, there were, there were a lot of moments um, over the course of the last eight or nine years where um, people, you know, assumed that, I knew what was going on or something, but nobody ever really talked about it. And it's those, it's those conversations that, you know, bring forth people's confidence and being able to ask questions that really matter. Yeah, I do think that there is uh, low confidence among Catholics um, about what they know. And it's probably because most of us, most Catholics stopped learning in the eighth grade, which mm. is one of the reasons why I think this book would be really good. So like this book is great for recent converts, you know, recent graduates of RCIA. So for the average parishioner, though, they have an eighth grade education in the faith. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, just, is this book too advanced for them or is it, is it, does it hit perfectly, you know, for, for almost anybody? Is this a children's book? <laughs> <laughs> it's got pictures. <laughs> There's one picture on the back. It's of uh, this guy. Um, no, yeah, I, I would say it is a perfect launching point because I broke it down into some pretty basic language. 
but the reviews I've got, um, some people have said, hey, look, this is, this is some advanced stuff. This is something everybody can use. We're talking about the Enriticon of indulgences and how to open it and use it and how to apply it. Um, wow. We go through some pretty controversial topics. I don't even topics. know what that is. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We go through some pretty controversial topics like immigration. Mm, you know, how do you nice. talk through immigration? Or do I have to change the way I vote now that I'm Catholic? That kind of thing. Um, and these are really adult conversations. And then some of them are pretty doggone practical, just the basic stuff. And you might already know everything in it. Or there might be a particular aspect of something pretty simple that you never were told, like when to genuflect and the difference between a deep bow and just a bow. And what does is, what is the germ say about that? Um, things like that, things you just never think to think about. So I would say this, this book really covers it all. It goes from very basic to the pretty, pretty mature level, um, talks, but we always keep, I always kept everything. Like I said, you can read this, you can read every chapter in here in five to 10 minutes. Everything here is kept at a very simple level. And like I said, it's a launching point. I give a number of references in the back and, and reference them frequently throughout the book to go and read more about. This isn't supposed to be something that's like a study text, but it is a great reference point that's gonna give you really everything you need to know. And if you wanna go learn more about it, I'm gonna give you the reference. Mm, it's a shot of adrenaline to your Catholic faith. That's <sighs> awesome. Yes, let's go. <laughs> I was meeting with a young man that I disciple yesterday and I, and I was just asking like, what, what is something that you that you want to dive deeper in? And he's like, I have no idea. Um, and so this book may be perfect for him, you know, because it's little bite size, you know, little things that he can get a taste for in a hundred different topics. And then he can say, hey, I would actually like to dive a little bit deeper in this area. Mm. I think it's good just in and of itself, but then it also might spark an interest in other areas as well for them to dive deeper. Cool. I love that you acknowledge that, okay, it's going to give you this bite size piece and this bite size piece, but it's, it's supposed to kind of train you in the first step, the other steps, you need to continue to explore this on your own because it's not a 12,000 volume, you know, <laughs> book and that's okay. Um, one thing that, uh, that you mentioned in your conversion story with the, with the missile and that piece, I think sometimes even well-intentioned Catholics are like, no, no. Okay. So the way that the mass goes is we have the liturgy, the word, and then the liturgy, the Eucharist. And so those are the two parts of the mass. And, and in their mind, they just helped you understand the mass. Whereas in the potential convert mind, they're like, what's liturgy? Yeah. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? So oh, there, there's yeah. this thing. There's this secret language that we don't recognize that we have. Um, and the, the, the dangerous thing that I think ministry leaders might uh, sometimes forget is that um, many of our cradle Catholics don't know the secret language. Yeah. They might know the words. They don't know the meaning. There's seven petitions to the Our Father. Wow. Let's teach that. But first, let's teach what a petition is mm. so that they can understand what we're talking about. Yep. And, uh, and so I think that in regards to ministry leadership, it's important that we get to the basics so that we can get to the meat and potatoes. Like there's an on-ramp that I think often gets forgotten. And that's why people are like, well, you have to be perfect in order to be Catholic because they have all these SAT words that they're using. And I <laughs> yeah. just know the Hail Mary. No, that's so true. In fact, that was one. I remember whenever I was converting, I asked that same guy, I just called him one time. I was like, Sean, what is liturgy? And we went into like a 30 minute conversation. I even tried to repeat it in my own words, but it, it really took me a while. In fact, I, I'd say it took me to about year three or four where I, you know, started to realize it is all of the books 
and, and the way in which we worship. It is both at the same time, the way that we talk to God in worship and in prayer, but also it is literally the books too. You know, it is the publication manuals that say how to do things. This idea of liturgy to me, you know, it was strange. It was, it was strange. That'd be, that'd be, that's probably the follow-up to this book is the, the secret languages of Catholics. Well, for real, because then, then you're like liturgy of the word, then what's the word? Well, the word is Jesus, but it's also, yeah. you know, uh, the word, it's also scripture, and the bird's the word, so it's so confusing, you know? <laughs> That's good. Are you going to sing? Are you going to sing? No. There you go. Bird, bird, bird. Anyone out there that thought a family guy is just as broken as I am whenever whenever you start thinking of that song. so uh, I, thought, good, I hey, thought a Sean, full metal jacket. Oh, wow. We're almost at time. I want to give you a, a chance for, for closing thoughts or final thoughts. Um, what's the takeaway for ministry leaders that you would like them to walk away with from this conversation? Oh, well, hopefully it's go grab this book. It's a tremendous resource to, to feed get... my children. Yes. Yeah. I, well, I've already been paid. So there's, you know, anybody who knows anything about book writing with the Catholic world is, you know, you're not making a lot of money unless you're going around touring and, and that kind of thing. And I live in poor little Italy, so there's none of that happening, but really go get this book. This is a tremendous resource. It's very successful. Like you said, I have gotten so many messages where people say, I've gone and gotten 20 books. I've gone and gotten 80 books from my entire parish. And, and I'm overwhelmed with that kind of response. But really what I've heard is the personal level, people writing me and friends and relatives too, also just saying, hey, look, I did not, I've never even heard this particular aspect before. I'm going to do that now. You know, I never even thought about praying the rosary. I never even thought about doing the divine office every day. I thought that was just for priests or something. You know, and now I'm going to do that every day. This real book really has a lot of surprising stuff in it that people are really anxious to hear, even if they don't know it yet. So please go, go try to get this book and, uh, and share it with somebody. Maybe, maybe read it yourself too. And, and it's, it's a basic, I mean, I, I don't want to uh, diminish the book or anything like that, but it's the basics of the faith. Mm. And so when it has a lot of surprising stuff in it, it speaks to the reality catechesis in our world today. Yeah. It's like, these are the basics and people are like, wow, mind blown. And it's like, no, mind formed. Like Ooh. you should, we should all know these things, yeah. you know? Um, but that's just where catechesis is. We go from the 70s kumbaya catechesis, and we're still recovering or reeling from that reality mm. to where a book like this is a uh, is a light that shines in the darkness. So thank you so much for your ministry with this book and all that you do. How can people find you, follow you, ask you questions? Uh, I'm on every major social media. If you just search Sean McAfee, you'll find me. Um, if you want to buy the book, you can go to Amazon or, or our Sunday visitor. Um, you should be fine at either of those locations. Excellent. Good. Matt, anything else? No. Thanks for being <laughs> on with us, Sean. We are grateful to you, Sean. And, Absolutely. Uh, Look forward to uh, actually, uh, in full disclosure, picking up a copy of your book for ourselves as well. So, awesome. as, as we were as we were recording, I, I bought three copies. <laughs> that's, that's his entire parish, all three of them. Great. So, well, you guys, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, let's continue the conversation online. Please send any feedback you guys have to mla at ablaze.us and share this podcast with someone. And here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, go alone. And if you want to go far, we go together. Take some time this week to pray for other ministry leaders and to think about the why behind the what of our faith, just like Sean's book does so well. We will see you guys next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. God bless. God bless.